Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klezmer Podcast 79 for March 22nd, 2011. The website is klezmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. On this episode of the podcast, my interview guests are Paulina Skoforoda and Merlin Shepard from the UK. Their recent album is entitled Civilization and features Polina on vocals, accompanied by Merlin with his band Fanfara. Once again, we have an album that is difficult to define by genre because it has Polina singing in Yiddish and Russian and also has the fantastic sound of the brass band Fanfara. It has a unique sound that I just think is fantastic, and I hope you'll think so as well. A little bit later on, we'll get to hear a track from the album. But right now, let's get right to my interview with Polina and Merlin. This interview was recorded on March 17th, 2011. Hi, this is Keith with Klesmer Podcast, and... I'm visiting today with Polina Skorda and Merlin Shepard from Brighton, England. You guys are in Brighton today? We are indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome very much to Cluster Podcast. I'm very excited to have both of you uh, on the program today. It's nice to be here, Keith. Yes. I, Merlin, I, I met about uh, well, close to 10 years ago at Cles Canada. Polina, I haven't had the pleasure yet, but one day. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but we want to discuss uh, Paulina's uh, recent CD re- released last year in 2010 called Civilization uh, that she collaborated with the band Fanfara, where Mer- uh, Merlin is uh, one of the band members, if not the leader. I'm not sure exactly. Somewhere in between. <laughs> um, first, I wanted to talk about uh the material uh on the album it's uh looks like all mostly original uh lyrics paulina yes it's um i think there is only one song that is not my text i think i'm using a folk text for one of the yiddish songs but the rest is mine there are long poems in russian i haven't reached this level in um, yiddish yet so i'm using some folk texts and uh do some Nigunim as well. But yes, it's all mine, original poems. Right, so I, I wanted to mention it's, it's uh, both Russian and some Yiddish in there, which, uh, why don't you explain your background a little bit so that uh, people will see what, what the where the Russian and, and Yiddish uh, kind of come together. Right, I would have to start probably not even with myself, but with my grandfather, whose family name I'm using here. It's Skovarada. He used to be called, uh, he, he's, he was a Cossack, uh, Kozakov Don, which is a separate little ethnic uh, group in Ukraine and Russia. And uh, actually, there is a monument to Grigory Skvarada, who is my further ancestor from the 17th century, in the center of Kiev. And this is where the family name uh, comes from. And actually, when you go to Ukraine, a lot of people know it, and the people study uh, Grigory Skvarada, who was a poet and a uh, famous philosopher, a starter of this uh, Ukrainian-Russian um, folklore kind of um, philosophy and uh, my grandfather 
was a musician, a bayan player, which is a Batnakodian player, and he played music, uh, he played and sang Russian-Ukrainian songs to me as a child, and I learned these songs from my mother and my grandfather. That's why I think my Ukrainian-Russian uh, blood, you know, is calling me to do Russian songs. And I'm half Jewish as well, and I studied Jewish songs since well, when I was 16. So I think both things coming together at this point of my life Feels right. Uh, I was born in Siberia in a half Russian, half Jewish family. I lived most of my life in Tatarstan, which is an Islamic republic in central Russia. It's a big, a big republic the size of France. Uh, we are talking 500 miles east of Moscow. So it's the geographic border between Europe and Asia, an interesting republic. And I think that living there influenced me as a musician maybe even more than my family background or maybe just as much so i think i'm mixing all these things together in this album jewish tata ukrainian cossack russian and there is this uh, fanfara brass style that is very present there and i think merlin could talk about it better than me right i want to ask merlin with fanfara and, and a huge fan of fanfara so i just want to start with that and I've been a huge fan of Merlin's uh, solo work and, and uh, his other bands for a long time as well. But, um, and I, I, of course, I love the Balkan brass sound, uh, being a trumpet player myself. I don't know if Polina knew that. But um, how did you come up with doing the Russian and, and Yiddish lyrics and putting a Balkan background behind it? I'd like to interject at this point, Keith, because it's the, the band Fanfara is not strictly Balkan. It's much more Romanian. Ah, okay. Romanian and Moldovan style, although we do, we do some, some tunes that do come from the Balkan repertoire, we do, uh, particularly Serbia, having, uh, having travelled there and having, me having played with Roman Markovic. So we do have some, some Balkan influence, but mostly it's a Romanian-style brass band. Okay, yeah, I failed to make the distinction. Uh huh. It's uh, it's culturally, I think, quite important, and there's certain overlap of music and obviously certain overlap of culture. But I think it's quite important to make the distinction. We have um, certainly a, a Romanian sound, Romanian Moldovan brass band sound. That's our style. Re doing that sound as the background rather than a, a traditional klezmer on this style is something I haven't really heard before. So, um, and it's very intriguing to me. Well, I think, um, I think that the, if you listen, to, if you really get down into the depths of what's happening musically in many of these fanfara, particularly the Romanian ones, and if you listen, for me, being a clarinetist primarily, although I do play alto sax in the band as well, but primarily being a clarinetist, if you listen to what the E-flat clarinet player does and compare it to the early Belf recordings, it's frighteningly similar and I think that the there's a certain amount this, this music has developed from the early part of last century and I think that the Roma have taken it into a place where it may have gone if, if it had gone into a brass genre then I think they've taken it to a place where it would have gone it's harmonically and melodically very similar to klezmer music obviously it's a lot faster and it's a lot more of that driving much more percussion and much more driving sound and tonality but there are some great similarities and, and shared repertoire as well. 
Right, certainly because there were were Jewish people in in those countries as well, right? Sure, and also a lot of the repertoire that's gone into the the, the Yiddish canon would, would have come from Romania and Moldova as well. So and and Ukraine. I mean, Christian David is doing his uh, Ukrainian brass band, and a lot of that repertoire would have gone into Ukrainian klezmer music. So I think it's a uh, it, it's 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 worthy of study for that reason because it's. It seems to be a very natural development that hasn't had any breaks. It's kept going since since it was played on violins and cymbalums and string instruments, and now it's become this this brass concept. And I think it's a it's, it's a worth very very worthwhile study. Right, that, because that's why I'm uh, enjoying this so much. Because usually with with a vocalist. It's a uh, you know violin, piano, accordion, something like that. But having the, the full the full brass band is you know quite a bit uh, of a departure. So I, I'm really uh, enjoying it so much. Sure, and it it takes a lot of work from Paulina to keep up with us because we're loud. <laughs> well, I I, th- I can't express how much I mean I enjoy singing with the band because it's such a rich sound. It's it's great. I can just sing with full volume. It's, it's fantastic. Right, because you're not going to uh, overwhelm the violin or something. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, uh, where do the uh, the melodies on on this album come from? Then, are they uh, melodies from the area? Are they originals? Uh, what, what did you do with that in Merlin? We're using quite a lot of traditional tunes on the CD, tunes that have come from from Romania, and Paulina has written her own vocal melodies and and lyrics for the top. But yeah, really, we're we're kind of we've we've got a very traditional sound going on. There, there are some other. And Paulina's also playing piano, so there are some other tonalities and textures on the recording, as as I'm sure you've heard. Um, but essentially, yes, we've gone for a very traditional sound. Right, uh, because one of the uh, ones that I, I kind of recognize the Bissell at Sight. I think you'd. Done with Max Passion previously. Uh huh. And in fact, that that recording was Fanfara. Right. He remixed it. He I, I gave him the tracks from Fanfara. Oh, I see. Okay. He mixed them, and then we put the lyrics and all the other stuff on top. But essentially, yes. that's that's a Fanfara recording. The lyrics were slightly different. I changed it slightly from you know from Max Passion's recording to this to make it into a full song rather than just a little little vocal bit. In his recording, right, because his is a more electronic based and and uh, sampling and things like that. And then when I heard this, it was a full song. I thought, oh wow, you know, it's a. Uh, and I I know you guys had some working relationship before, so uh, and I liked that song on that album. And when I heard it on here with with you know everything fairly you know standard vocal standard uh, uh, arrangement with with the band, um, it really you know, uh, brought it into its own, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, um, but the one, I, I think, well, the, the two that really stand out for me is, is the, uh, and, and I don't know if I can say it properly, the, the, yeah, Glajnu Namor, Namori. Yeah, Glajnu Namori. I look at the sea. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful song and it's a, a, a simple accompaniment. It, this is my melody. It's it's one hundred percent composed by me, and there's a brass 
four-part brass uh, chords accompanying chorus. So it's just a beautiful Russian-style song. Hopefully, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yeah, definitely, and and uh, in the uh, in the really traditional folk style, the Russian folk style, it, it, it's a it's a wonderful song. I really liked it. And uh, of course, the other one that's fabulous. I don't even know where to start with it. The the Doroga. Yes, Doroga is the a cappella one. Yes, so. Tell me a little bit about that about that song because uh, you know, I, I'm not a vocalist, but you know it's, it seems incredibly difficult to sing that one to start with. But uh, what your uh, you know thoughts were in, in creating that song? Right. Well, it's quite an interesting text for a start. I don't know if you have translations there. Uh, um, yes, there are translations available on my website, and you can read you know in English what it means. It's quite a long poem. And it's quite traditional of uh, a certain genre of uh, Russian folk songs. It's like a ballad. You tell about your journey. So this is my journey. Daroga means journey or path, a road. Uh, I had to write at least five verses, and they all had to be quite tricky vocally because it's about a journey. So, you know, uh, lots of ornamentation, big, uh, big uh, vocal range, Lots of uh, versions and variations of the same melody. It's all quite traditional of Russian folk ballads. And I just tried to compose it and create the poem in the style of those 19th, 18th century ballads. So it's one of these. And it's an a cappella song that I can sing. Every time I sing it, it sounds different. Sometimes the band actually, in fact, accompanies me when they perform live. The band would just hold one note through the whole song. So it's, uh, let's say, seven, how long is it? Five minutes of uh, the same note through the whole song. It, it sounds quite beautiful, quite uh, quite meditative, quite esoteric, I would say. Right, because it, it, there's quite a dynamic range in it. There's some parts where you're nearly whispering and then other parts that it's very full. So it, it really runs the, the, the whole range. It was difficult to record, as you can imagine, in terms of I volume. can imagine, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's I'm try. I sing it. Uh, I try to sing it in a folk manner. I, I sing some of it with this harsh, open throat sound, that is quite traditional of Russian, Central Russian folk songs. Right. Well, fantastic. It, it, it's it's uh, the the wonderful, wonderful recording. The whole album is is wonderful. Um, tell me about the, the the title of the album, Civilization. There's not a a title song called Civilization. Oh yes. So, uh, <laughs> okay, ex- explain. Well, there is no song. There is no song that co- that's called civilization. But uh, right. I think it refers to one of the poems, one of the songs, and the song is called uh, "The Globe." Right. That's number six. Nope. Yeah, I was going to ask about that one. Well, on the CD, there is there aren't. Most texts are not in the leaflet, but this this song is actually translated, and it's on the album, uh, on the on the CD, on the booklet, and it just talks about civilization. Everyone around us has to grovel to civilization, and globalization brings us further and further from the source. I'm swimming swimming in the sky in a bus 
filled with petrol and look with sadness at my home that is called the globe. Right, because uh, the, the lyrics are, are you go from town to town, you have no bank account, no uh, worries about things. It's, a, it's an interesting uh, concept. Yeah. It's basically me and the world, the changing world, um, going for nature, being oneself in this changing world, rapidly changing world. It's, you know, the whole album is about that. Uh, well, that's, that's great. And that's uh, kind of the the uh, Jewish experience anyway, going around the world place to place. Sadly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Leaving one home and finding the next. Um, Let's see. Well, well, what what else would you like to uh, talk about that I haven't asked you yet? Well, I'd like Merlin to do talking because I don't feel very, that I can express all these things in talking as well as I can do in music. So, Merlin, if you could maybe say Talk. something about the... Yeah, do some talking. Maybe say something about Tatarstan and this uh, Arabic connection, if you wish. Certainly. This is actually quite interesting, Keith, because Paulina was brought up in uh, Tatarstan, which is uh, an Islamic republic in central Russia. And they have minarets and calls to prayer five times a day, as in as in most Islamic republics. So my feeling is that what I've experienced when Pauline is doing her open throat singing, particularly at the start of the final track, I, 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 it's very much like um, Pauline has become the first female muezzin in the world. It's like she's doing this very Arabic style singing, this very, very Muslim style singing, which I think suits the style really, really well. I think it's quite a a special um, step aside from what one might traditionally hear from what, what the West perceives as, as Russian music or as Yiddish music or even as Romanian music. I think it's a, a whole different opening of a can of worms. I think it's quite a wonderful thing. Can of worms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, w- w- seeing as how much of, of East European music has come from further East, I mean, much of the... Many of the modes of, of Jewish music, of Yiddish music, have come from Turkey. I think it's quite an important thing. Our favorite mode, Havarabah, Fregish, is actually a version of Hijaz. And many, many of these ornamental styles, and certainly the, these modes, have come from further east. Certainly. Via, 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 um, via, via India, in fact, via Rajasthan, brought up by the Roma, brought up into uh, Turkey and then into Eastern Europe. So I think making that connection is quite important. Again, and that also connects back to the journey thing. There is a whole movement of people across the globe constantly. And with that comes acculturation, comes dropping of borders. We need to let go of these borders. We need to stop these um, awful categorizations of people and awful categorizations of thought. We need, we need to stop it as soon as possible. And I think that creating music that can do that is one of the most important steps we can take as artists. So how has this uh, repertoire been received uh, from your audiences at your uh, live performances? Because uh, it is uh, a bit different from you know, uh, the other Jewish music we're hearing. Certainly. Uh, it's, well, primarily as, as a brass phenomenon, 
I mean, Frank's been doing the brass thing for a while, and I've been doing the brass thing with Frank and touring with it. But it's um, it's it, it's it's very much appreciated. There is a certain audience who go for East European fanfara music, and there's a certain audience who go for klezmer, and a certain audience who go for Russian song. And I think we're probably opening up more people to hearing this kind of stuff. Because a, a Yiddish audience are now listening to brass music, and the brass music, brass band people are listening to the Russian style and the Yiddish style. So it's, 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 I, I hate to use the word melting pot. It's an over cliched, awful word that, that to me doesn't really say very much. But there's some of that going on. There's a big mixture of things happening. And I feel that, that, that every, every style that we're representing within the music is very appropriate. I think it's appropriate to do these things, to put these things together for, for, for the reasons we've spoken of. I think, it, I think it works very, very well. It's a terrific project. I believe certainly because it's all it because each style is is authentic as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we don't. None of us in the brass band, which functions as a brass band anyway, were born in any of these countries where the music comes from. I mean, in a way, it's very similar to a lot of people playing klezmer music. And many of them, until fairly recently, many of them weren't born in an environment where the music was prevalent. But since the, I, I, I don't again, I don't like to use the word revival because it's not technically a revival. But since the the reinterest in klezmer music, more and more people. I mean, you you've been to many of these uh, seminars and workshops yourself, Keith. There, there's now a whole generation of young people who have been brought up with totally with, with Yiddish and totally with klezmer music as their as their music in the house. And this is a fantastic phenomenon. It's a wonderful thing. I can't remember where how I got to that. But yes, none of us none of us were brought up. We weren't brought up playing East European brass music, but we've um, we found that it's very appropriate for us to play, and it's 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 a language we all understand. We've studied, we've practiced, we've rehearsed, we've we've been out there ourselves. We've played with with many people from that part of the world, so it it kind of works. Well, I think the audiences now also don't want to really see themselves as the Yiddish audience or part of the Russian audience or whatever. I think that especially younger people who go to clubs are interested in this big melting pot uh, of world music, Uh, whatever world music it is, whatever the angle you take. And I think that that's the good side of our project, that we don't don't only sing Jewish music or we we don't only play... Uh, brass music, or we don't only sing Russian folk. Um, and I think that if people feel that it's something they can dance to or sing along with, which they do, it's fantastic. Um, I had a Polish girl turning up at my Russian choir uh, recently, and she plays in a Polish folk band, but she wants to study klezma, Yiddish, and Russian music, as she said, so she could uh, use bits of it in her Polish project. I think it's amazing that people are, you know, drawn towards each other's cultures, and there is a lot of interest in that, uh, in that uh, merging of cultures. Rather than I feel, rather than going deeper into one culture specifically, I think it's great. 
Uh, I agree completely, and it, that's a part of the fun. Is is uh, as I'm getting more familiar with these things, that I'm finding new coming people coming up with new combinations and and new ways to integrate uh, a, a style in, into what they're doing, what their existing style could be. So um, I, I think it's wonderful, and it, it does seem very organic to do this in your case. It, it all seems very natural. It doesn't matter to me what, what genre people want to put themselves in as individuals. It doesn't matter to me if someone decides to categorize themselves as a this or a that. I think there's a much more important category underneath all that. Well, certainly, because uh, I, I wouldn't know exactly what genre to to, to classify civilization, because it, it's uh, it, it's certainly a cross genre or multi genre uh, uh, album. Uh-huh. Makes it difficult to sell at CD shops, though. Yeah, where do you what 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 label do you give it? Where do you well, stick it? Which shelf do you put it in? That's the question. <laughs> uh, broadly, you put it in, in world music. Uh huh. Um, because, uh, it, it's, it's not, as you said, it's not, uh, uh, Balkan, it's not, uh, Jewish. I, I guess it would be as close to Jewish because there's more of a Jewish content, whether it's the Yiddish or, or the Russian, it's more of a Jewish feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with, uh, with the fanfara component of it, um, not completely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you put it in all the genres, and then people that that uh, gravitate to that genre will pick it up in that in that aisle. <laughs> people can take what they need. They can take what they need. That's what I think. Right, and and uh, it's like, you know, they, it's like a buffet. You know, you you take as much as you want. Exactly, and uh, I, I hope you keep doing more of this because uh, you've got you know your own thing going here, and, and no, I don't think anybody else is is doing exactly what you're doing so if you can grow this combination and and get it uh out there in front of more people and i'm certainly trying to to help you guys do that uh it, it's it's going to be fantastic thank you thank you well, speaking, of, speaking of which if people were so inclined uh, to uh look for the cd or or to try to download the, the music somewhere where would they go I recommend to go to my website at www.polinashepard.co.uk and they'll have all the information. They can even download texts for free and read through them and listen to some tracks and then buy the album of me. Or There are places on the internet where they can buy it as well, but I can direct them to these places if they contact me by my website. Fabulous. Uh, this is an in, uh, in, independent uh, album, right? You're not with a, a label on this one? No, there is no label. We Fantastic. Use- so support uh, the artist directly. Buy the CD from Polina. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Thank and you. And Merlin as well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what's uh, next for the two of you? Uh, more uh, touring, uh, more uh, albums? Uh, what's, what's happening with Polina and, and Fanfara or whatever else uh, you guys are doing? Um, lots and lots of bits and pieces. We don't have any specific tours lined up. Um, this is a fairly new project, so we're still in that place of finding agents and finding 
tour, touring ways of doing promoters and all that kind of stuff. So it's just still very much at the beginning of the project. So we're looking for all that for this for this particular thing. For me and Paulina, we have gigs everywhere and teaching and playing and concerts and simchas and all that stuff, same as before. That's always ongoing and always good. Right, and uh, what's what's Fanfara doing? Uh, we have we're actually playing in Brighton on Saturday. Come and hear us. <laughs> <laughs> On, on this this Saturday, we're playing in the streets. Yeah, you're also playing when uh, when is it Boban Malkovich who's coming here in, in May? Boban is there's the big um, big brass band battle between Fanfara Chikolia and Boban Malkovich, Boban and, and Marco Malkovich Orchestra, and that's at the Dome as part of Brighton Festival in May. I can tell you the date if I look. That's the twenty first of May. And I'm playing the after party, not with Polina, sadly, but I'm playing the after party with a quintet with two percussionists, Davul and Darbuka, with electric bass, accordion and myself on G clarinet, playing some of the stuff I'm doing now is much more towards the east, more towards Turkey. So we're doing some of that stuff uh, as part of the after party. Yes, but I think we should talk... Uh, about our general direction in music, because Merlin, you now started playing G clarinet much more, and playing the G clarinet in the mm. style that you play, it is quite new and quite different to what you've done before. And maybe you could talk about talk about your microtonal stuff and uh, leaning towards that. Yes, I'm I'm leading towards Makamat now, much more, much more towards the Turkish style. I'm uh, slowly, in my own way, studying the the Turkish classical system, which is very complex and very, very beautiful. And seeing as how much of the music that we, that I've played over the past 20 or so years has been fed very strongly by that stuff, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's time to really scratch beneath the surface a bit more. I also find it musically a lot more interesting. Well, vocally, I'm trying to do something similar, but I think that learning Makamat being in my 30s would be quite difficult. I can hear it, but I don't know how to produce it with my voice. But I very much like this improvised style of um, Egyptian singers, Moroccan singers, and also remembering that I come from Tatarstan, I'm trying now to do more and more of that vocally. So I'm, I, I've decided to compose a new program, which will be just me solo, with a piano, maybe with Merlin on some, some of the songs. This will be a texts from the, the Jewish liturgy and there will be just all prayers in Hebrew and I've asked some of my friends to help me with translating them into Yiddish so there will be Jewish prayers and Yiddish and Hebrew, maybe a bit of Russian but all very improvised very ornamented very kind of more Zen-like so that's that's the direction we're taking now Well that sounds very exciting, I look forward to uh, hearing some of that in the in the near future I hope Hopefully. Hopefully. Hmm? There's um there's a style in in Turkish music, um, the improvised classical style of impro- well the, the solo improvisation is uh, taksim, but there's um there's a there's also a vocal uh, which I think is called gazel, mm-hmm. which is the same thing. But vocal, mm-hmm. not 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 instrumental. 
Mm-hmm. So we should, uh, we should we should get you some of that to listen to, Pauline. Yes, I think I will connect with it quite quickly because what I heard in Tatarstan was, I think, a bit similar. Their languages are similar. You know, Turkish people understand Tatars and vice versa. So maybe, hopefully, I'll get a bit more of that style into my singing. Great. Well, fabulous. That, 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 that's going to be an exciting uh, sound to hear because that's going to be a very different uh, texture as well. So, okay, well... Thank you both very, very much for uh, being on the podcast and uh, wish you continued success with uh, the album Civilization and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thank you very much, Keith. Pleasure talking to you. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
I'm Ravit Kahalani from Yemen Blues. We are listening to klezmerpodcast.com. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Polina Skovoroda and Merlin Shepard. And we heard the track I.I.I. from their album Civilization. I did want to clarify a few things that Merlin talked about during the interview for those of you that might be new to Klesmer Podcast. Merlin mentioned Boban Markovic, a Serbian trumpet player who's the leader of probably the most well-known Balkan brass bands, Boban and Marko Markovic Orchestra. He also mentioned Christian David, a wonderful clarinet player and friend of the podcast, who's most recently known for his work with the band Consonance Retro from Ukraine and the other Europeans. And lastly, he talks about performing with Frank's Brass Thing, and he's talking about Frank London's Klezmer Brass All-Stars. So once again, thanks to Polina and Merlin for appearing on the podcast and for providing the track for us to listen to. Once again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to appear on the podcast or have your music played, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released CD you would like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. You can also find me on Facebook, MySpace, Last.fm, Twitter, and Skype at username klezmerpodcast. And as a reminder, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 79. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed. Tell your friends. And until next time, bye for now.